Get ready to fast track your mindset to millions. You're listening to the MindsetToMillions.com podcast, where we deliver you insider confessions and secrets from the world's top entrepreneurs, coaches, and thought leaders. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mindset to Millions. And I have a very special guest on the line today. Um, it is Heather Gray. Um, Heather Gray is a performance and mindset coach for business owners and leaders and entrepreneurs at choosetohaveitall.com. Oh, I love that name, Heather. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Heather's clients move past sharing pithy motivational quotes as a mindset strategy. Oh, haven't we all been guilty of that? Um, and, and, you know, she teaches her clients how to put those concepts into action, into their own lives. That's really, really powerful. Well, thank you, Heather, for, for joining us. And um, I, I just think we're going to have such a great discussion around this because, you know, we're, we're often getting stuck with sharing those motivational quotes, but, but struggling to actually, yeah, as you, as you put it, um, take, take action and, and, you know, put it into practice. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited because I do think that um, part of mindset is moving past the inspiring and the motivating and moving towards inspired action. And I, I'm really looking forward to talking to you today and helping your audience um, get there themselves. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and, and the funny the funny thing is when we're talking about this, I um, I remember seeing one one quote that was shared uh, I think it was shared on Facebook at one point, but it was it was kind of like the the skeleton with um, fairy wings on, saying, you know, you kind of have to look after yourself first before you <laughs> before you go inspiring other people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. I, and I and the the idea that we have to work ourselves to the bone for our dream and our entrepreneurial pursuits is another myth that really needs to get busted. Because I think that's the message that gets said that the real entrepreneurs are the ones who are grinding and hustling it out, and those are just two overused words in the space and it, it doesn't have to be that way i i like that so so too too much what you're saying is essentially too much hustle can be a bad thing yes and i think that people don't like that word is so overused it's so um you know the thing that entrepreneurs like to wrap themselves up in it's like the security blanket that they use to feel better about themselves but hustle without intent or direction or a specific destination you just end up spinning in circles it's good to like be a weekend warrior and be working extra hours in the evening when you're in your nine to five and then going home and working a couple of hours on your side business and your future second business but you if you don't do it intentionally and with purpose and direction you just end up doing a bunch of things that lead you nowhere and you just feel busy and busy feels like hustle but it's not getting you anywhere mm, that's that's so true you know getting getting stuck in that kind of loop loop without purpose Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we can so relate to that. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, before we, um, we press on, I'd love to know a little bit about your background. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, Choose to Have It All is actually my second business. Um, the start of my career, I was a clinical social worker, and I started in the corporate world running and managing programs for adolescents and families. And then when I decided I wanted something else, I moved into mental health private therapy practice, and I ran a successful brick and mortar for about 10 years. And in about 2015 or so, I just started to feel like my message and what I had to say was meant for a larger audience, that I was better and bigger than small town USA. Um, and I, I needed to figure out a way to reach more people. And I wasn't going to do that in the brick and mortar space. So I moved to the online space where I started working around um, mindset issues and performance issues with um, online business owners and leaders. It just was a natural fit because mindset is the psychology of success. And I had spent like, 10, you know, 15, 20 years working in the psychology field. So it was an easy leap for me. And now I use the clinical skills I gathered early in my career to really set business owners, leaders and entrepreneurs up for success in whatever uh, business venture they're encountering. And it's it's just lit me up and has made me incredibly happy. And like you said, the business is called Choose to Have It All. And the reason why I named it that is because like in my bones, that's my belief is we all can have the lives and the businesses we want, but we have to make the choice to do so. Oh, I really, I really like that. That's really, really powerful. And, and essentially what that comes down to is having or, or, or making a choice as well. Yes, absolutely. Mm. It's, it's this idea is, do you have a goal or do you have a plan? And I think a lot of times people talk about goals and dreams and they use it interchangeably. But once you decide something is happening, that you're in your nine to five and you're not happy and it's not working for you, it's not fulfilling you, it's not taking care of you, it is time to break it down into steps of what do you want to do instead and what are you willing to do to get there? Um, because it's not just going to be handed to you. It's handed to very few lucky individuals, but everybody else has to do it with planful, mindful intent. Mm, no, I really, I really like that. Um, look, I think what I'd like to do is paint a little bit of a picture here. So, and let, let, let's think about, you know, as we've kind of reflected on the entrepreneur in the corporate as well. So we, we're trying to get out of startup mode. So maybe we've taken on a business or uh, a side business, you know, um, maybe we've, we've had a plan and it's not quite in alignment with us yet, you know, um, because clearly we're not able to make the transition. And what I like to call uh, getting stuck in startup mode. Um, I'd love to, I'd love your viewpoint on, on how, how do we get out of this? How do we get out of this? So I think the first step is when people have started a side hustle and it's not lining up and the pieces aren't lining up as they expected. My first question often is, is do you know what it is you're offering? Do you know how you serve and the transformation you're providing to people through your service or product? Usually when businesses aren't taking off, it's because there's those three things simply aren't aligned and people like aren't are doing what they think they should 
but not what they want to. So they're not following through with their whole heart and their whole beings because they don't have full buy-in into the plan. They're trying to follow the model that was laid out by somebody else, but that model might not work out for them. Mm. So it's essentially, is it your dream or is it somebody else's dream? as soon as somebody decides they don't want to live in their nine to five anymore or that they have this idea for a product or service that they really think can transform lives they get really excited about that and it moves them and they get all this positive energy about it and they build themselves up and that's like the honeymoon period but at some point in time the honeymoon period ends because you have to start taking action steps <laughs> and when people don't know what the specific action steps they should be taking are they kind of go to the masses they listen to podcasts like yours or like mine they listen to you know other entrepreneurs in the space they read all the blogs they pick up every freebie pdf that anybody's offering to build their list and they get lost in the weeds of what everyone else is telling them to do versus if i am the business owner of this business what does the business owner need to do right now? And identifying themselves as the owner of this business and choosing accordingly is the biggest leap that I help people with in my job. It's recognizing that like whoever you are personally is going to inform how you run your business, but you need to start thinking of yourself as a business owner and make decisions as a business owner would. Um, that's that's really powerful. I, I I think I think the key thing from that what you've just shared is this idea of not getting stuck in the detail, and sometimes the detail that that just isn't necessary. Um, and I love I love that you just mentioned before around this idea of um, you know sort of jumping from from one list to another and and trying to kind of learn as much as much as you can but you you know when you're doing that you you're not, you don't necessarily have the right business hat on as is essentially what you're saying yes yeah yeah no that yes and i think I think, too, that the other piece is focusing on just learning the next thing. And so many people fail to launch and fail to thrive in their launches because they try to do all of the things before they press the go button. They want the shiny website. They want the shiny um and just going in and doing the work and then seeing where the missing holes are for that particular business not every business is going to need a thousand people on an email list before it can go anywhere not every business is going to need a suite of social media sites and representation in order to connect successfully with an audience but so many people get lost in the weeds of those details and those those aren't the sexy, sassy details that make people motivated to keep working. So then they abandon the idea rather than if they have this idea to coach somebody to a certain transformation, just find that person and start coaching them, see the transformation they offer, and then they'll be motivated to keep going and realize what they need to do next to make the business a viable idea. So, so essentially, it's like uh, start small, take 
take small action rather than yes. waiting to get everything perfect. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? It's exactly that. It's yeah. taking each step as it comes and only dealing with what's in front of you at the moment. So the, like there's an online um, business influencer, Marie Forleo, and she has this phrase out there that everything's figure outable. What I always say is everything's Googleable. So mm. if you don't know the answer, someone else has already asked the question. So look it up. But just that specific question, not the whole darn book. You don't need like you don't need everything to get going. If you're looking how to start up a YouTube channel, you don't need like, you know, a 27-page ebook on it. You just need to watch a couple of YouTube videos on how to set up a YouTube channel. But so many people want the best option. So they they read like 10 books on how to set up a YouTube channel and they read all the details and they never press play or record. They just get lost in the keyword and analytics or the, you know, the fancy border or the text or how it looks on mobile and they never press play and and that that's what undermines people because that's the stuff the minutia that makes people feel ineffective like they can't do it because they're kind of working on their business but they're not really working in their business they're not actually doing the service or creating the product that they're envisioning for themselves Mm, so so true. Uh, oh, there, there's so what you're saying here for me um, is I can relate to it so much. I'm, I'm going. Yes, I've done that in the past. I'm so guilty of that, and I think it's because we all have this challenge. You know, coming back to this, I, I'm glad you mentioned Marie Forleo because you know. Um, she, she wonderful stuff. But something that I can reflect on there is that you know. Her website looks amazing. Her videos look amazing. But if we put Marie on a pedestal and go, well, I can't, I can't launch my business until my videos look are amazing as hers, you know. And I think the point that you're making there is is just so poignant here that um, essentially we we are not seeing where Marie started. We're seeing where she is today. So absolutely. So I, I I think I think that in itself is is such a good point that you're making that that let's let's be okay with where we are today. We can't compare our first year in business to someone's 10th year in business, but we do that all the time. We think that we can't launch until we look like that final answer rather than having it be messy and perfectly imperfect, but authentic and genuine to who we are and where we are in the world. And again, it's this idea that like when you set plans and goals and you say, someday I'm going to have that shiny website, someday I'm I'm going to have the slick automated response so people hear from me as soon as they send me an email with an automated message. You're never doing the thing that you want 
And that when that process gets slowed and gets slowed repeatedly, you lose your passion for it and you lose your creativity. And staying in the nine to five seems like the easier, simpler answer because you don't have to work that hard for it. It becomes the devil you know, and you never move to the next step. People who want to like move out of that like serial startup mode, like you were talking about, they need to decide what the next step is and just focus on that. There's a book, and you might know the author. I'm not sure of the author offhand, but it's called The One Thing. And all it talks about is just figure out what you need to know next and then answer all the questions when you get to that next step. But don't learn all the answers now because you're wasting time. And and essentially, um, you're going to put your mind into overwhelm, right? Yes, um, every single time. And all that does when you put your mind into overload is you get distracted and you get discouraged and you get beat down. And the list of things you find out you don't know gets longer. And then you feel like you know less and less rather than at some point in time, the started with a passion. It started with an idea. You developed it enough for it to feel real to you. Go off and do it and do the thing. And then you can go back and fill in the steps and get the nice website designer and make all your social media images and branding consistent with each other. But at some point, just start pressing play, showing up. And the the second piece to it is offering it as a paid product or service. So often the thing that stops people from ever launching their business and staying in that like just, you know, that monotonous startup mode is that they never sell because they think they haven't earned the right to. Their product isn't shiny and new and it doesn't look like Marie Forleo's 15th year in business. So mm-hmm. they're just going to like offer their stuff for free. And then they never become business owners because they don't see that their business is making money. So essentially, we're not we're not putting a value to uh, our service, our product or service. Absolutely, one of the business, you know, one of the biggest lessons I really needed to learn when I um, built my second business as an online business is I had to stop comparing my myself and thinking of myself in the online space as a newbie. And I think that's a mistake my guess is a lot of your audience makes is because they've never really thought of themselves as, you know, business owners or online business owners for people who are doing it online. I know some people are in your audience, I'm sure, are just going to work locally or in brick and mortars. And because they've never, it being a business owner is new, they put themselves in the newbie category. And I did that too. And when When I did that, I erased 10 years of experience as a business owner, and I erased 20 years of experience in a clinical setting. So it was as if I was telling myself and telling the world that I was just starting out, when in reality, most of your audience is going to have been in the working field for at least five years. They're going to have accumulated a skill set through work experience or prior education, and they are going to have experience and a skill set that can be valuable to other people. 
people. But when they look at their dream and they think I'm just starting out because the dream is new, they erase everything they're bringing to the table. And that's how imposter syndrome finds a seat next to them. They feel like they don't belong and that they can't fit in because they've created this whole persona that they're new when the only thing they're new to is this particular business, not the skill set or the product that they're offering. That is a huge distinction right there. I, I think that is so important and valuable because simply, you know, this idea of, of having that new label, I think it can be really destructive. Um, especially if you feel like you're stuck, or maybe that's the reason you get stuck because it's like, well, what has to, what has to change or what has to shift for you to remove that new label? Yes, and every single time, I and I think that you know part of it and the the undercurrent here in this discussion is so much of this this puffing ourselves up to have the perfect website, to have the perfect automated funnel, to to um, to do all of those things is to avoid failure and rejection. We feel like if we set ourselves up for success by looking shiny and new, people will have more respect for us. The other piece of that is when we play small and we identify as a newbie, then we're avoiding the expectation that comes with not being new. We can just write off any mistake we make as, oh, well, you know, I'm only three months into this, rather than I have a skill set, I have something to offer, I have an ability to transform the lives of others through my product or service. And yes, because the business ownership is new, I may wobble a bit, but I'm competent and capable and confident. Like that's I look at some of that stuff that people play in the stories they tell of, of themselves as like this armor that's protecting them from the perceived failure or rejection rather than recognizing that, that if you were choosing an entrepreneurship path, if you were choosing an, a non-traditional path, you were choosing at some point to fail. And that's non-negotiable. So the more you try to avoid it, the more you're slowing down your progress when you just have to fail and learn the lesson you're supposed to learn and get on with it. I love that. You just, just face it, embrace it, and, and uh, go on the journey. Yes, and it puts you in control of it, and then you're not a victim to it. Mm -hmm. It's not failure is something that happened to me. It's failure is something that is a part of what I'm choosing. You know, it's interesting for me. I'm a huge American football fan. It's borderline obsessive sometimes, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. And uh, everybody starts talking about the player injuries when they injure their ACL, and everybody, like, and I'll hear commentary like, look at the brave front they're putting on. Look at how they like just fell and they had a season ending injury. But wow, look at them. They're coming back in the following fall and they're ready to go at it again. That's because those players know that injury comes with the territory. Mm. So they're not afraid of it. They, they're hoping it doesn't happen and they want to be able to play a full season. But they know that when they're choosing a career path that involves charging their bodies into 300 pound linebackers sometimes your knee is going to go one way and your ankle's going to go the other 
And that's just the natural consequence of that choice. And the more we can do that as business owners, we're empowering ourselves and we're putting ourselves in the driver's seat of our own lives. Mm, mm, Extremely powerful. No, I I love, and I love that analogy too. It just, it, it just makes so much sense. It's just like we, we simply have to step into that identity and embrace it. Um, but but that kind of leads into my next question because it's a little bit around and and kind of the the theme or flavor of our discussion um, this this idea of being in in corporate or being in your day job and setting out as an entrepreneur can sometimes have very different identities um, how does how does one deal with that and and how does one get beyond the idea of um, maybe the safety of the the corporate identity um, to to truly embrace their entrepreneurship? I think that it starts actually with what I was saying earlier. So if you are planning on if you're, for example, and you're, you're in the corporate world and you're in the financial planning market and you decide that you want to be a coach or a consultant for small business owners to help them plan their financial future so that they can be financially strong and stable, you're, the best way to set yourself up for success is just to go pitch yourself to a small business who you think could help and offer to do it mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is what I've spent 15 years learning and doing it so you can see yourself capable of it but the other thing is this idea of have you set a goal or have you made a decision Mm -hmm. and if you've made a decision to like deviate and separate yourself from the corporate life you have to have a work schedule and work hours for that and it can't just be the mindset of when i have time when I get a free minute, it has to be, I'm going to get up at 5.30 in the morning, three days a week, and I'm going to work on this part of my business. I am going to give up every other Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and I'm going to work on this part of my business. And you're going to schedule it in and treat it as work, just like you would your 9 to 5. Because when you see yourself replicating those patterns, when you see yourself taking it seriously, your mindset follows. When you don't make time for it and you say, ah, if I happen to get up early, I'll work on it. Or if I get home early on a random Tuesday, I'll work on it. It never happens because you're not taking it seriously. But when your behavior matches your intent to take it as a credible, viable option for yourself, you start to move in that direction. And what happens then is you create specific measurable, observable proof of what you're capable of. You can look back and see six weekends of being a weekend warrior, you know, three Wednesday evenings of putting in the time and doing the cold calling or fill in the blank. But when you've done it piecemeal, it feels piecemeal and then you never take it seriously and you don't set yourself up for success. Mm. Can I can I reflect on that? I think that's that's um, very important, and and something that you just said before, and what really hit home to me is you actually quoted uh, your work pattern. So so you know from this hour to this hour, I'm doing this, and and I think um, the act of actually going through that process 
all of a sudden we're we're actually acknowledging the work that we're doing versus as you said piecemeal i think at the end of the week and i've done this before i'm guilty and we all are you go i have absolutely no idea how much time i spent on this task and and i think that's how we can end up in the burnout stage because if if you know as you mentioned if we don't have that plan that really strong plan in place and we're not treating it like a real business then I think that's kind of how we get into that burnout territory so so I I think that's a really interesting insight and reflection that that we um you know keep to a schedule but 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 acknowledge that as well yeah absolutely because when you make it a schedule you're deciding that it's happening and you Mm. take it seriously in fact i just this morning i was meeting with my realtor as we get ready to move and she's like so what's the move date and i said oh i don't know i said we're moving cross country so we're probably just going to empty everything out so when i'm whenever i'm done emptying everything out is when we'll get the the stagers in here and we'll get the place ready and set up and she's like oh no 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 don't do it that way if you don't give yourself a deadline and somebody invites you to a party you're going to want to go to the party more than emptying out your house you're going to want to choose something else but if i give you a deadline you're going to set yourself up to get it done and i and i remember thinking to myself oh right just like i had to do in my business because it's so true if you put put something on the sunday schedule it just never happens mm-hmm. do you do you think it's important to uh schedule downtime as well absolutely i, I- I think that one of the reasons why people want to leave corporate, in addition to feeling held back from having time and lifestyle freedom, is that it fills up so many hours and it just becomes soul crushing. And I think people tell themselves a story that when you're running a business, you, um, you're you're just, you're grinding it out, you're hustling it out. And because it's your thing, you will never get burnt out from it. And that's simply not true. But like what we do now and how we start our business is how we're going to continue our business. And I learned this lesson in my brick and mortar because I was building my private practice. So if I had a client, for example, who couldn't make, um, I tried to end my day at six and she said, I can't, I can't get here for five o'clock. I can get here for five thirty. I need to fill the time block because you're trading dollars for hours in that model. <laughs> so suddenly I was working till 6.30, even though earlier in the day someone said, oh, I have to be at work for a certain time. Can I come in at 8? So suddenly I'm saying yes to that person at 8 a.m. and then saying yes to the person who wants a 5.30. Suddenly I've created an 8 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. day based on the client needs. And mm-hmm. if we set up our lives based on that, it's so hard to undo that pattern. Whereas if we recognize for ourselves at the get-go that any business, any credible business has business hours that are non-negotiable. If I need to shop for a birthday gift, I, I can't go to my local department store and say, hey, I know you guys don't open until 10 a.m., but I got a full day at work. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I could just grab a quick thing and I'll be in and out and no big deal. And we would never think to do that for a business, like a, you know, a department store. But we ask that of our providers because we're people and it's individual and it seems easier to do that than ask a department store. But if we as individual business owners think of ourselves as businesses and set the boundaries, we're going to know when we're working, when we're not. And that gives us permission to set up that self-care time. Mm. But if we're just constantly grabbing the dollar, if we're constantly going for any possible sale, any possible lead, any possible anything, we're never going to get there. Not for nothing. You and I are a good example because you're based in Australia. I'm here in the United States and we wanted to do this interview. Mm. And I said, hey, listen, I end my work day at 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you can't, if that doesn't work for you, I know other people who have different business hours and I can hook you up. And you decided for yourself that this conversation was important enough that you got up. So you had your boundary to get up at the <laughs> crack of dawn your That's time. That's right. <laughs> and I had my boundary of like when I you know, when I was willing to work rather than what I think new entrepreneurs the mistake. So yes, anytime necessary. I had to learn that the hard way because it was sometime in my first year in my new business, somebody wanted to do a Facebook Live on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock and I was like, oh, exposure. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? It's Sunday night at 7 o'clock. That's my family time. Yeah. Like, why am I just giving that away? And I think it's really easy to feel like we need to do that and we stop taking care of ourselves. But then it's really hard to dial that back because we teach people how to treat us. And as soon as we tell one podcast host that we're available at seven o'clock, then why are we not going to do the same thing to the next podcast host that asks us or the next client who wants to pay us money? And then we start building our lives based abandon our own. And then that's when we burn out. Mm-hmm. So, so true. And, um, you know, one, one thing that I love is, is that idea of actually making, uh, like when we organized this call, um, you said to me, here, here, here's my availability online, you know, p- pick a time that works for you. There, there wasn't, there wasn't that negotiation of, um, you know, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can't. I'm not sure. Let me check with the family. Da, da, da. It was clear. It was simple. Here's my availability. Here's when I'm not available. And I just think that is to make that distinction is so um, so important. But but it also demonstrates um, your value. Saying this, you know, like I I need I need my downtime as well. I need that that time off. So um, you know, I, I I think that was that's a great lesson in itself. Um, and and you know, thank you for for sharing that. I just you know. Um, to to know to know when we need to have that downtime is just so important. Well, the other piece to this too is we can't be expected to be on all the time. Mm. And when we don't know when we're on and when we're off, our default becomes on all the time. And the natural consequence that happens with that is we stop being present for the people in our personal lives. They're always the one that end up paying the price and our relationships pay the price. Because when we stay on for our business, we're incapable of also 
also staying on for our personal lives. You know, again, using the real estate example, because that's my mindset in like real time. My mini mindset lab is all things real estate. The real estate agent was with us and she was trying to sell us on why she would be the best person. She didn't let go of her phone the entire time because the real estate agent business is so competitive that if she doesn't answer an email the moment it comes mm. someone else gets the sale mm. and I have a cousin who's a real estate agent and I've never attended a barbecue with her without her phone in her hand because it's that's the choice that comes with that business so people need to like recognize that you want to decide your life like what your life by design really looks like and then you build a business accordingly because if your client base gets used to you being available when you're at a barbecue on a Sunday at 3 o'clock then that's when they're going to bug you because that's most convenient for them whereas if they know you're a high demand realtor but you demand family time they're going to learn to ask their questions and have their needs during regular business hours we teach people how to treat us Mm. And and I think that in a sense that that increases your value because you're saying there's that degree of scarcity. I'm available at these these times, so it's it's that um, you know valuing yourself, valuing yourself. Yes. Uh, yeah. And it's so scary to do that. It's mm. really scary when you want the opportunity and like you're on my desk and I really wanted it because we're doing the actionable talk people are you're not asking me to talk in theory where I have the opportunity to give people specific measurable tasks they can do right after they listen to this show that's the stuff that lights me up so I have to be willing to say no to that and I even offered other people to you who would be able to you know fill the show instead if you opted not to work with my schedule I had to be willing to do that and that is really hard. And it's really hard for the newbie who doesn't believe that another opportunity is going to come their way. And the way I learn, again, I learn these lessons myself. That's like, I think that's one of my unique selling propositions is I've like, I've been through the, the ropes myself is I remember a time when I was so desperate for exposure and for people to get my name out that I took a podcast interview with a guy who was a real creep and I felt disrespected in the interview and the Heather I am today would have told him to stop recording and would have withdrawn all permission to record the episode because he was so rude and insulting to me. But because I was worried about what the optics would look like or what the messaging would be, mm. I went along with it. So after that, like once your skin feels gross and you're uncomfortable in your own skin because you've given too much of yourself away, you have to promise yourself never to do that again and follow it up with action. Mm, oh, that is that is so powerful. That, that I, I really, I can I can see I can visualize our, our listeners kind of going, this is this is so true for me, you know, and and uh, you know it's just it's this this what what we're coming back to here is confidence in self, confidence in self to say I'm valuing myself and valuing my services. So. Um, I think just some really good messages here. And, and as you said, um, things that people can take away and start doing now. Um, 
Now, I'm a little bit conscious of time, so what I'd like to do is, um, can you think of any, any resources or books that, that you'd like to share uh, with anyone listening? Sure. Um, the, the book that changed my life um, is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And mm. I'm, I'm sure that one has gotten like mentioned on your show a thousand <laughs> times already. Um, it's the go-to. Um, but the, thing, the reason why I like it is because if we took fear out of the conversation of entrepreneurship, I would be out of business. I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> Because it really is the main thing people hire me for. Sometimes they need help having the hard conversations, but the road to that is I'm afraid of offending somebody. Sometimes they need help um, managing or leadership, but the fear behind that is that they're going to alienate their team or they need to up-level and they're afraid they're going to alienate their audience. And Daring Greatly really tackles this idea of leaning into vulnerability, Mm. leaning into connection and being unafraid to truly connect because the best, like I built my second business and both of my second, my first business was quite successful. I'm now on my second and both of them have one thing in common and that is referrals. Mm. And you want to build that no like and trust factor. And that is way more powerful and person to person than through social media and I think I think what happens sometimes is when you get that personal and when you get that intimate and you put yourself out there you're so afraid of rejection so you need to learn how to do it and to have buy-in into how important that is and then the next thing I say with personal development books is the best way to learn personal development is to go out and personally develop yourself stop reading the darn books (laughs) and learn by doing it just like you don't know what your business is going to look like you don't know what you're going to look like and now that I'm building the second business and I'm doing it so differently than the first my story of who I am and what I'm capable of is changing now I mentioned to you earlier in the interview that I started my second business because I felt like I was living below my potential I don't feel that anymore but one of the things I've learned is my potential is really only limited by how big I'm willing to dream. Mm. And I didn't I didn't learn that in a book. I learned that when I got my first invitation to speak and close out a a conference. I learned that when a major coaching group wanted my consultation, I learned that about myself by like getting into the nitty gritty and figuring it out. And when we get stuck and stumble and fall and we're covered in dirt, then we can go looking for a book on one person's advice on how to get out of it. But until we throw ourselves in the sandbox we're playing it safe behind the 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 cover of a book i i I love that one person's advice uh because because otherwise otherwise we're you know we're listening to 20 30 if not more our inboxes are out of control with opt-ins um so but but what yeah um what what you just uh, guilty yeah i think we're all guilty of that one um what what you just said before though was the the real learning was in essentially in the doing so so yeah. in the in the action um and and i think that's really powerful because um 
we can get caught up in just reading and, and, and getting the theory behind the, you know, where, where you want to go, but not actually put it into practice. So, so uh, a, a lovely message there. And I think that's, that's really, really important. Um, what, what I'd love to do is if people would like to know more about you and the services you've got available, um, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So um, if, even though we just finished saying pick one person and follow that one person, if you want to add another person to your docket in, in addition to Joel, you can find my show Business Mindset Mastery over on iTunes. And the people who have Android phones can find me on the podcast app. And then com, but you also can find me over on Facebook. I have a group there and it's called Choose to Have It All and we can continue the conversation there. I'd be happy to um, talk to anybody who found me through your show. This has been a fantastic conversation. Yes, I think there's been so many little gems today that, that um, I, I think those aha moments where you go, yeah, I know, I've been doing this wrong. This is what I've got to work on. Okay, so... <laughs> um, so transitioning, is there anything you wanted to say essentially? I mean, what you've just said before about, you know, the theory, putting it into practice was, I think, one of the, the great lessons. But um, before we sign off, is there any, um, any other sort of message you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I, I think that the most important message is that once we figure out who we are, how we want to move through the world, and how we want to serve, we get crystal clear on that. And every decision that comes after that is based on, does this choice get me closer to the person I want to be and the life I want to have and the business I want to run, or does it move me further away? And when you get crystal clear on that, it gives you a formation for making decisions decisions and you can get out of fear and doubt and second guessing. You can stop reading all the books for the second opinions. You can keep your inbox clean of the PDFs because you're crystal clear on you and you can go do your business your way on your terms. Oh, I love that. That is that is so important. So very important. Heather, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I love your energy, and thank you for sharing so much wisdom with us. Um, so, oh, yeah, you so, got it. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so, so everyone listening, go um, check out Heather at choosetohaveitall.com, and uh, we'll speak again soon. You've been listening to the Mindset to Millions podcast. Ready to take your mindset to the next level? Visit Mindset2Millions.com. That's Mindset2Millions.com.